I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. In 1861, sea captains at the Port of Leith in Edinburgh complained that they could not see the time ball dropping to allow them to set their chronometers correctly. So now every day an audible signal can be heard. Oh, except Sundays, Good Friday and Christmas Day. This signal is fired from the fortress standing tall above the city. This is Edinburgh Castle. Hello and welcome to episode number 24 of the Scottish History Podcast. My name is Owen Innes and this week we're talking about Edinburgh Castle. So Edinburgh Castle sits on top of Castle Rock, a tall volcanic plug which formed some 350 million years ago. Over time and through several ice ages, the rock was ground to a steep-sided shape on one side and the slow sloping shape on the other. The slow sloping side is where the Royal Mile, or High Street to give it its proper name, is situated. This shape is referred to as a crag and tail due to the hard dolerite rock protecting the softer rock as the glaciers moved through. The summit of Castle Rock sits some 430 feet or 130 metres above sea level, giving great views of the castle for miles around and of course, even better views from the castle's ramparts itself. An archaeological dig conducted in the 1990s concluded that Castle Rock has been inhabited since the Bronze Age, circa 3200-600 BC, which would make Castle Rock the most continually habited site in Scotland. However, more evidence suggests that it is safer to claim that the Iron Age, circa 800 BC to 100 AD, There were, however, clear indications of habitation from the 1st century AD with Roman pottery found. This may indicate a trade alliance between the Romans foray into the north with Agricola and the Celtic tribe of the Votadini, who had relocated to Castle Rock shortly earlier. The Votadini, however, did not call Castle Rock by that name. They instead called it Dineden. Dunedin was a stronghold featuring some kind of dun, which is essentially a hill fort. This is where we then get the name Dunedin, 
which appears as the name of the second largest city in New Zealand, but also as the name of two towns in the USA, one in Florida and the other in Virginia, and another two in South Africa. The first time that we hear of a castle being on Castle Rock is in the documentation of the death of King Malcolm III, the man that killed Macbeth. His wife was Queen and later Saint Margaret, and a chapel built in her name in the 12th century is the oldest surviving building in Edinburgh to this day. The castle did play its role in the Wars of Independence and on the 14th of March 2004, asking the highways what's the score, sorry, I mean 1314, Robert the Bruce captured Edinburgh Castle back from English hands and destroyed the castle. However, he left the little chapel untouched and even on his deathbed before requesting his heart to be taken on crusade, he had his people set aside 40 Scots pounds to have the chapel repaired. In 1333, however, Edward III of England began the Second War of Independence by attacking and capturing Edinburgh Castle once again. But in 1341, an army led by the Lord of Liddesdale, William Douglas, disguised themselves as merchants and blocked the castle gates from closing. The rest of his army rushed the castle and it was taken back again and all 100 English soldiers garrisoned inside were killed. After the Second War of Independence was wrapped up, King David II, Robert the Bruce's son, ordered the building of David's Tower. David's Tower no longer stands, however, a rather hideous act occurred within its walls in 1440. This will be the focus of a bonus episode, the first bonus episode for a while, to be released this coming Wednesday. In 1474, the castle received delivery of Mons Meg, a present from Philip the Good of Burgundy, France, to King James II. As Philip's had plans to interfere with English affairs. I mean, if you're wanting to do that, handing a 250 caliber bombard to the Scots seems like a great idea. Mons Meg was last fired in 1680 by an English cannoneer and the barrel burst. Speculation is, is that this was sabotage due to jealousy from the English who didn't have a cannon as big as ours. After the construction was completed of Holyrood Palace in 1505, or well, the original palace, Edinburgh Castle rarely saw visits from its royals as the palace house was more favourable. However, James IV did order the construction of the castle's Great Hall, which does survive today, during that time. In 1513, the still-standing city walls were built around the city, again due to threats from the ever-invading English, and new defences and artillery walls were built on the castle the following year. The two-year Lang, or Long, siege between 1571 and 1573 saw a lot of the castle badly damaged or even destroyed in parts until the siege was brought to an end with English victory by Sir William Drury. By 1617, James VI of Scotland and I of England had had much of the castle repaired in preparation for his visit to Scotland, but even still he preferred to sleep at Holyrood. In 1621, Sir William Alexander was awarded the baronetage of Nova Scotia at Edinburgh Castle. Nova Scotia meaning New Scotland. 
The last royal to reside in Edinburgh Castle was King Charles I in 1633. He visited a total of once, where he held a meal in the Great Hall and stayed the night before his Scottish coronation. After this we then had the period of the Covenanters, which will be covered in its own episode or episodes, and then of course the Jacobites, of which we have already covered. The castle subsequently was utilised as a prison until 1811 when 49 prisoners escaped and the castle was deemed no longer suitable for that purpose. In 1818, Sir Walter Scott was given permission to search the castle for the crown of Scotland. He broke into a room where he found a chest of which contained the crown, the sceptre and sword. These items were then placed on display in that same room now known as the Crown Room, which now also displays the Stone of Destiny. For more information on what the Stone of Destiny is, see episode number 20 of this The Scottish History Podcast. The entry fee at the time was one shilling, which is around 12 pence today. George IV visited Edinburgh and the castle in 1822, becoming the first monarch to visit the castle for almost 170 years. St Margaret's Chapel was rediscovered in 1845 after being used as a store for a few hundred years. Mons Meg was repaired and returned to display at the castle on loan after spending about 100 years at the Tower of London as spoils from the Jacobite uprisings. The castle opened officially as a tourist attraction in the 1830s while still an active army garrison until they moved out in 1923. A lot of remedial and restoration work subsequently took place with the new gatehouse being completed in 1888 for example. These works were undertaken by a man called Hippolyte Blanc who will pop up in another story in the future. A story which is and uh, and a tale, I suppose, or or just information about a place which is very, very dear to my heart in Scotland. The site is now owned and operated by Historic Scotland and it was designated as a scheduled ancient monument in 1993. Surrounding the castle now are the UNESCO World Heritage Sites of the Old and New Towns of Edinburgh, and another UNESCO site, the Fourth Bridge, is visible from the castle also. If you do ever visit Edinburgh, please visit the castle. There is so much to see and do within, and I've only just began to scratch the surface. Trust me, it is worth every single penny of your entrance fee. Now, of course, if you do go to Edinburgh, the chances of you not going into the castle are very slim. Um, If you are going to come to Scotland at some point, or even if you're already from Scotland and you've not been to Edinburgh Castle for ages, you need to go. It's it's awesome. Um, Stirling Castle, as well, is always worth a shout to. uh, The two most visited uh, sites in Scotland, so um, why not head there? Uh, One little caveat, I suppose, is that Edinburgh Castle, there are parts of it which are a military museum and do still have a little bit of military activity going on that some of the castle can be closed at various different points uh, in time whilst you're there. 
So anyway, folks, um, that wraps up another episode for this week. Uh, please remember to visit us on the Facebook page. That's facebook.com forward slash Scott History Pod. The Twitter page is at Scott History Pod. Got Instagram, uh, instagram.com forward slash Scott History Pod. You can email me with any questions or any suggestions or anything like that on scotthistorypod at gmail.com. And of course, you can listen to this podcast on Acast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher now. I managed to get us on Stitcher, uh, YouTube, and many, many more. And lastly, if you want to support the podcast for the help of uh, the running costs that uh, that the podcast incurs you can donate between one pound and three pounds every single month uh, on the patreon page or patreon so that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash you guessed it scott history pod so folks once again that's us for this week uh, i did mention that i was going to try and get the highland clearances episode or episodes out um, this week, but it's it's so in depth that uh, I'm still trying to get my head around a lot of it. I promise you, though, it is coming. Uh, we will get up to it at some point uh, in the very very near future, folks. So I just want to take this opportunity to once again thank you all for listening. Like the podcast, share it around Facebook, retweet on Twitter, do all of that sort of thing. The more people we can get listening to this, the better. At the moment, we're currently hitting about 550 listens on uh, release day, and then we're sitting around about 300 odd, uh, 250 to 300 odd every single day after that, which is awesome. Um, you know, folks, please remember, get on the Facebook. Most people are listening on your phones. If you've got a phone, you've most likely got the Facebook app downloaded. Like us on Facebook. Let's see if we can hit over a thousand likes by the time that we hit Christmas. Um, I'm, I'm absolutely over the moon with the, um, with the response in which we've uh, been getting, folks. So anyway, once again, take care of yourself, folks, and I'll speak to you again next time. Fourteenth of March, two thousand and four. The high bees. What's the score? It was two 0 to Livingston. By the way. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 